Good morning, comrades. You are listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning, Comrade. Today, I'm all right. I'm a little better after getting over. And Robert, Robert, how Um, you doing, bro? Baldur's Gate three up, Diablo four down, and my my parents ducked uh, ducked another hurricane. (laughs) Uh, Tampa Bay still undefeated for like hundred year hurricane champs. Oh, that's right. Wow. Yeah, I'll, you know, we could just bring in our guest real fast, David Gomez. David, what's going on? What's up? David, David. Is, yeah, David is a labor lawyer, and uh, he came in to talk about um, Semex with him. But uh, you're coming from California, right? I am. Yeah, I'm in so, Oakland. That's where I'm based out of Oakland. Yeah, so we're not like yeah, uh, we're. Not, we're not like worried about bad. hurricanes over there. Well, I guess we were last week, <laughs> in, like Southern California, because it can get anywhere now. But yeah, anywhere, any coast, just like it's, it's kind of wild. It feels like we were uh, I feel like we were kind of on our own for a little bit down here. But uh, yeah, now it's uh, now the fear has been spread because of the horrible, like un- unstoppable downward spiral that the climate has been no, going it's down. Real so bad. That's it's real fun. bad, dude. I like, I feel like we're creating <laughs> our own end times right now or we already have. Um, this just feels like, yeah, it feels like the end of days, um, for sure. But it's, but it's not because <laughs> scientists and, you know, people have been telling us this for, uh, since I was a little kid, I remember reading about the ozone layer in our like elementary school textbooks and lo and behold, like who could have guessed here we are now with the hottest day on earth, like every other dang day with multiple hurricanes because the poor earth is trying to cool itself off. <laughs> I love this timeline. It it doesn't suck at all. Well, <laughs> I, it, it, it's really cool because like you get to see like like you have like thirty three or like something else like acres in Louisiana like like on fire, which has never happened before. And then you see the governor yeah. like posting on Facebook like there's a burn order like statewide. They're, they're enthusiastically like Don't pleading burn with us not to like, um, <laughs> grill. And not to ta- and not to tailgate like they're trying to yeah there are yeah he they are trying to go after the big tailgates like the ones that like the commercial ones that you can like pay for you know it's like you you ever, you ever done one of those where it's just it's like oh a hundred bucks and you like it's food and and all the booze you can drink before the game or whatever but they're trying to shut those down in New Orleans on off of Poydras yeah you can't be burning stuff bro Monday is Labor Day and like. Monday is Labor Day, and like burn ban like, means I mean, burn like ban. What part like of burn did you not understand? Okay, so I believe in <laughs> I'm an authority, authoritarian yeah. socialist. So and violate like, the burn ban at your uh, against your own peril, because big daddy government. I am I I am yeah, Big Brother's snitch. So let me see you let me see you lighting up a square, a cigarette on the street that's burning. I'm calling I'm calling the fire cops. So anyway, uh, we brought David on uh, to subject us to our, our local New Orleans banter, but also to talk about uh, <laughs> a really like major development that happened with the National Labor Relations Board this week. Like I mentioned earlier, David is a lawyer, a labor lawyer, uh, so he has experience with this thing. He actually read it. He actually understands these kind of <laughs> things. I'm usually, usually just like kind of talk about them without knowing that much, so maybe he can uh, 
actually help illuminate our audience on this sort of situation. So uh, what's going on with the NLRB and uh, what's the the deal? Yeah, uh, well, uh, like you mentioned, there's this big decision that came out. Um, Feels like forever ago, but I think it was two days ago. Um, (laughs) Femex. Um, And it's a pretty big deal. I mean, it's a seismic shift in in labor law um and if you want proof of that all you have to do is go to all the big corporate law firms websites and see how much they're freaking out um, oh, yeah. which is an enjoyable browse uh yeah <laughs> um you can browse those big corporate uh, law firms uh, and you can you can find a lot of good um good things uh, framed as bad things you know like the fact that people will be able to unionize uh and the employers might face penalties if they break the law well hold on a second so like you're saying that there <laughs> might be rules on employers that are enforceable all it, it seems like it you know that's yeah. the direction that this country is headed apparently it seems too good <laughs> to be true honestly no yeah <laughs> well yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't quite uh take the big law attorneys at face value but um i do think it's a big deal um, I do think it's it's going to lead to changes in the way uh, unions can organize, uh, in the way elections are held, but also um, the way employers are kind of reined in and held to account. Hmm. Well, let's get into it. So, like, when this decision sort of, like, went before the NLRB, what were the sort of rules and what were some of the things that, like, employers would do to sort of ward off uh you know kind of a union at their workplace amongst their workers like what was some of the things that they would pull and then we can kind of get into um sort of like what happened here and like a little bit of the you know we can talk a little bit of the history of it now yeah well yeah i think to to get an idea like to get a sense of what it is that employers do it's helpful to look at the facts in this case um you know this started off in 2018 all the way back then um, the Teamsters were organizing in Southern California, uh, as well as in Las Vegas, um, and uh, at this company, CMEX, um, which is a uh, you know, ready-mix concrete kind of company. Uh, I think these were mostly drivers. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, cement truck drivers. Uh, and basically, um, the Teamsters, yeah, the Teamsters, these these workers were were organizing for their union, um, and. They had their election in uh, March 2019, so you know we're we're already four years past that. Um, but they narrowly lost by like 13 votes. Mm. Um, and then the way this kind of goes is after an election, that's when you kind of get to hash out some of the bad practices that the employers were doing. You know, um, it's kind of like a chaotic scramble at the end. I'm sure anyone who's helped organize in any capacity can attest. Um, so, you know, uh, the, the union filed unfair labor practice charges, um, basically asserting or alleging that certain things that the employers did were, were wrong. Um, in this case, you know, they, they mentioned to uh, some workers or they made a comment to some workers that the factory or the workplace might shut down, the company might shut down, I guess. 
Which is like one of those things that happens all the time. And it's like, it's like always framed as like, oh, by the way, this is just like some information, but it's like obviously a threat. (laughs) Like it's obviously a threat. Like if you form a union here, we're going to shut this, this whole thing down and you're not going to have totally. It's a classic, uh, you know, violation of the law too. It happens all the time. One of the other things I think it's important to note is that CMEX, they hired one of those union avoidance, quote unquote, union avoidance firms, spending like a million dollars on that firm uh, in a very short period of time. And it was those union avoidance people, like they go around from employer to employer doing the same stuff. Oh, it's a uh, whole no. like yeah. industry. It's like a whole part of the economy. There is just like a, a, a corner of the world that like most normal people going through their lives don't know about. But like there's mm-hmm. entire law firms like Little or Mendelssohn and all these other like like demons spawn from hell that like <laughs> literally spend their entire time um, like they, their entire reason. The way that they make millions and millions of dollars is by preventing businesses from uh like preventing unions basically right right that's right and 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 so some of the people from that union avoidance firm uh were the ones that uh, made these comments saying that the company was going to shut down that the workers if, yeah, they, if they sorry can you hear me jeff or yes 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 yeah and so the the company would shut down that uh, if workers unionized there they wouldn't they would lose um, their wages would go down basically um, <laughs> all these things like that um, and then uh, you know um, in in the aftermath um, with the ULP um, unfair law practice uh, unfair labor practice unfair, yeah, yeah unfair labor practice um, you know a judge from the NLRB said and this is way back um, a, a judge said yes um, that's true. Um, they they violated the law here. Um, another thing that's important is there is a woman, uh, a worker who was fired um, basically for supporting the union. And, and the judge also agreed, yes, she was fired for supporting the union. So these are obviously illegal practices. Um, and, you know, at the time, the Teamsters celebrated that ALJ's decision um, because it, it agreed with them. Uh, one of the problems is, uh, and and this is the big shift, is that judge, he agreed. They violated the law. But what is the remedy? You do another election. That's that's what the remedy has been for many, many I understand that, cause years now. I was uh, going to say, most yeah, I can like understand this. it because and, that's and worst case scenario for them. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that worst case scenario is exactly what they wanted was to stop and delay the election because the longer they can delay, 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 they can keep kicking it down the road, the, the weaker they can have support, you know, make support for the union. And, and, and yeah, not only that, uh-huh. yeah. I'm sorry. I was going to say we've seen see this it. happen, like with the Bessemer uh, election mm-hmm. in in uh, Alabama. I'm go on. Right. Exactly. Yeah, the Bessemer election in Alabama. That is a good example of a similar rerun election uh, after an employer is found to have violated the law. And one of the problems with that as a remedy is there is such a thing as scorched earth. You know, um, the employer can do all these things. They can, you know, fire someone. Uh, in this case. Um, and what do you think the other workers are, are going to do? Uh, they're going to be scared. 
yeah. you know? Um, and so we could run the election again, but the damage has been done uh, in many cases, right? And um, so uh, that's how the law kind of treated these kinds of violations until two days ago. Um, uh, and, and so, yeah, I just wanted to lay out kind of the history uh, of this case, but it's it's a history, like you mentioned with Bessemer, that um, has many, 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 many similar uh, events that, that we can all point to, um, you know. And, and a lot of times what happens is um, instead of even rerunning the election, I mean, a lot of times unions are just, they, they recognize, like, well, we're not going to be able to win now. Um, they fired all our supporters. They don't want to go back there. They're not, you know... It's not a good place, obviously, um, which is why we were trying to unionize. And yeah, so it's kind of depressing, but that's that's, uh, that's how things have been for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, going back, uh, I think in, some would say to, to this case, Linden Lumber, which came in the 70s. Um, yeah. And it was, and that was one, another one of those sort of like situations where uh, a worker or something was fired, an unfair labor practice was sort of filed, and like we basically said, yeah, okay, just redo the election, and that's sort of like where that precedent began. But it, it changed now. There's new rules that are right. um, that are in place. So um, really quick, let's do station ID, and then we can get to some what some of those new rules are. Are uh, you listening to sure. the HIV LP New Orleans one two point three? This is Good Morning Comrade Jeff and Robert here with David Gomez. David is a labor lawyer, and we are talking about the Semex decision uh, from the National Labor Relations uh, Board and some of the new uh, rules that are being sort of you know introduced uh, that are really sort of sweeping changes. Uh, and David, if you want to sort of talk about um, what some of those changes are, take it away. Yeah, so um, with the CMEX decision, um, the the board was asked by the general counsel, and uh, I'm not sure how familiar everyone is with all the listeners are to, you know, the way the National Labor Relations Board works, but there's the board, which is kind of like the adjudicatory body. Like these are more or less judges um, of labor law. And then there's a general counsel and she's kind of, her name's Jennifer Abruzzo and and she's kind of like the prosecutor of labor law. So she brings cases before the board um, to, um, you know, she says, hey, I think these people's rights were violated. And then the board is the one that makes the law and says yes or no. Mm -hmm. Um, In this case, this decision um, came from the board um, based on the general counsel bringing this case after the um, as I mentioned before, the ALJ made their decision um, that there should be a rerun election. The general counsel said, no, actually, um, I think that there should be a bargaining order. I think that this employer should be ordered to bargain. There's, you know, a, a, a rerun election is not enough. Um, that's what the general counsel was saying. Um, she asked the board to revisit um, something that I think a lot of people might have heard about, which is Joy Silk as a standard um, and um, yeah, and, and order bargaining. That was the, the, the reason she brought it. Um, and what the board said was, um, we're not gonna quite go to Joyce Silk. Um, and there's some reasons um, for that that they lay out, but um, I think it's important first to kind of lay out what they did do. So they uh, created this new standard called CMEX um, and it does, a couple of things. I think there's two big thrusts of it. Um, the first is 
um, it now kind of re- it does it, it requires employers to file a petition or voluntarily recognize a union when they're presented um, with a group of workers that are showing majority support. Um, so basically, uh, you know, you and your coworkers get together, sign cards saying we want to unionize, um, present it to your boss. At that point, the company can either recognize the union and start to bargain with you, or they can file a petition uh, for an election with the NLRB. So that's not, um, that is not a significant change from the past yet, right? We haven't gotten to the point where it's a significant change yet, have we? It's a little bit um, in the, I mean, it, that is a change. It's, it's not as significant, but it's, it's a change in that um, before the employer didn't have to do anything. The union uh, would eventually have to file a petition. Oh, so the burden um, went on, the, the burden switched from the, the union to the employer. Okay, that's interesting. Right. Right. Um, and what that does, it does a number of things. Um, the first things it, that it does, I think, is um, it creates, uh, it basically helps uh, prevent some of the delays um, with employers have to respond now. They have to acknowledge. A lot of times, some of what employers like to do is they pretend nothing's happening. They close their eyes, they plug their ears. Mm-hmm. And, and they pretend la, nothing's la, happening, la, la, la. delay, 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 right, yeah. Um, now they have to acknowledge their workers are trying to unionize and and request an election, um, which is different than it has been. Um, but that's, that's, that's one option. The other option, of course, is to voluntarily recognize. If they do neither now, um, the board will say, okay, so you're not responding, that's unlawful. You have to respond. So if, if they don't respond, we're gonna issue a bargaining order, mm-hmm. um, which is a change, right? Um, like, um, yeah, instead of being allowed to delay indefinitely, um, at least they'll have to respond. And then if not, they're ordered to bargain and recognize mm-hmm. the union without an election. This is. There's no election, right? At that point, yeah, you got the union. It's just, it's, 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 yeah. That would be like card check, right? If they if, if they got the fifty percent plus one, almost. That would yeah, be, yeah. I mean, they, almost they, the same thing. Jeff loves to talk so, about. So card they check. have to respond, or they get the union. So like the he can't, he can't stop saying card employee. check. Like whenever he feels appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> like talk about card check. It would be It'd be awesome. Card, card check would be good. And it would be good. It would be. Um, the second thing that it does. Um, is it says in circumstances where previously the board would have issued a rerun election, um, instead we're going to issue a bargaining order. Um, and with that, you know, so so what are the circumstances where they would have issued a rerun election? A lot of these stems from this period, this what's called the critical period um, in the run up to an election. Um, so you file for an election, you get a date. And then you start talking to your coworkers, trying to get people to vote yes for the union. That period of time, that is the critical time. Um, if the employer does an unfair labor practice during that time, um, instead of a rerun, they're now going to be actually punished uh, from the employer's perspective, of course. Mm. Um, by being ordered to bargain and recognize the union. 
Um, and that's a big deal. That's, that's a huge deal because the incentives change. They no longer are incentivized, you know, for, for decades at this point, employers are incentivized to break the law mm -hmm. because what's the worst that can happen? Uh -huh. We run it again and then we do it again, you know? Um, and so that's a big change. It's, you know, um, yeah. So yeah, and, and, it's, and... uh, it's going to result in, you know, a more just remedy for workers whose rights are being violated. Yeah. And to put sort of a, an example to this, um, when we, we talked about Bessemer earlier, um, they ran that election twice. Um, the reason that they ran it a second time was because uh, Amazon broke a bunch of laws and they mm -hmm. did like all kinds of wild things. They did the closed door meetings that we talked about earlier that are not legal. They did. They went to the point where they like changed traffic lights so that like you couldn't like canvas at people's car or windows and all these other things. And uh, essentially, if instead of running that election twice in Alabama at that Amazon facility, um, instead of running it twice, they would have just gotten their union had that had right. that been in, had this current law been in place right that's a great point yeah i mean you know that that would have been a huge facility too right oh I yeah mean, massive facility thousands of workers yeah and um yeah and it's just it just and the fact that you know it happened in that case which is a little more famous because it's it's a you know big facility but it happens in in workplaces across the country every single day too um in yeah, in every state. Um, and, you know, and I think another point that I think it's important to, to make is that the board did go a little bit out of their way to, to state outright that this is retroactive, that this applies to uh, all cases that are pending before the board, um, you know, or, or if it's if it's not already before the board, if it's something that's happened within the previous six months, um, which is the statute of limitations. Um, it applies to that as well. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's a big win too, because, you know, every, every, we, yeah, we don't we have that much time to win. To win so yeah. as, as climate change is showing us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and like, so that, that really opens a lot of doors for um, not just like ongoing campaigns. I'm thinking about, um, Starbucks, and I'm thinking about some of these Amazon mm -hmm. uh, Amazon um, fights that have, you know, they've quieted down a little bit, but they could very easily be reignited uh, with this rule change. But also, I mean, in sectors that, like, have seemed impenetrable in the past seem a lot more possible to uh, organize. I guess you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things with... Um, a lot of the, the sectors that are, you know, quote unquote, hard to organize. Um, one of the things that we see in those sectors all the time is just egregious unfair labor practices. That's one of the reasons they're hard to organize, right? Um, you know, especially with vulnerable workers or um, immigrant workers or, or people of color, um, you see all the time that employers get away with unfair labor practices against them because people are too scared to speak up or they get a different job or they don't know that the board exists or whatever reason. 
Um, but with with a with a remedy such as this, which is a bargaining order, I mean that's that's a heavy hammer that we can wield <laughs> against the um, employers uh, in these mm. in these sectors. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of fast food, for example, where you see egregious ULPs all the time, um, and it's it's difficult to get momentum there um, because of that. Yeah, I mean they fire people like left, right, and center just all over the place yeah. because they're such they're like it's this these sort of quote unquote unskilled labor um, mm-hmm. uh, sectors. Which, by the way, if if you've never worked at McDonald's or Chipotle <laughs> or Burger King or anything, those jobs are really effing hard. Like <laughs> I worked at a Burger King when I was yeah. in high school, and it was just like if you've, you've never gotten through a dinner rush, oh my gosh, dude. No, I, yeah, I do not miss, you know, I have a desk job now and I am grateful for that because yeah, I can't standing on your feet all day alone. It's just, it's pretty difficult and, you know, let alone all the hassle. And, you know, if you look at fast food, the abuse that workers receive from, you know, management, customers everywhere. The equipment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the equipment. Fire. <laughs> fire, you know what I'm talking about. Oh my god, you get some burns. <laughs> but no, so so this is this is a really good sort of way that that this is going to be pushed forward, and uh, it seems to me, if you know, you're somebody who you know is a major decision maker, a union leader, uh, like now's time to invest in organizing. Now is now is the chance because. Um, because it's this is a like like we said before, America is uh, very very hostile to union organizing historically speaking. But this is sort of like a historic change, and now it's time to be on the front foot and charging, right? Absolutely. I think I saw, I think I saw a poll earlier today that something I forget what the age demographic was. It was the youths. Oh yeah, um, I saw that poll too. Something like eighty eight percent support for unions. Um, amongst the youths yeah <laughs> i mean that's you know that's exciting to see it has not always been like that my oh. whole life um and you know not only that but you know if, if you i forget who put out the poll but there was all kinds of awesome you know support for unions they they pulled um they, they pulled specifically support for um unions and then support for employers <laughs> it yeah. was a pretty <laughs> drastic difference um, and support amongst the public. So uh, it's something a lot of people, you know, sometimes even people you wouldn't think of um, as, as being pro-worker, a lot of people can get behind, um, you know, organizing workers. Yeah, totally. And yeah, and this is something that we've seen just more generally as well. It's, I mean, that is a, that is a shockingly high number. 88% of young young people like yeah. Gen Zers, I guess, uh, are in support. And you can't agree on anything at that level. Yeah, no, <laughs> no you can't yeah. agree what color the sky is, you know, <laughs> but um, and, and, and then union favorability just sort of generally has been at like 60 percent um, or higher in the past, mm-hmm. like, what, five, 10 years. And and this is like an opportunity that the tides have changed. And like, even with a sort of like, you know, reactionary you know, high court or in the country or whatever, I mean, it would be a pretty significant deal if they would have, you know, somehow, I'm not sure what the legalities or whatever of it is, but I imagine that there are ways that they could push back against this. Um, but it would be, um, it would, they would come at a political cost to be sure. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, before we get off too much uh, on the CMEX decision, the last thing I want to highlight, um, I, I mentioned, you know, first and foremost that the employers are now kind of required to respond. Secondly, that there's this remedy of a bargaining order if they do things um, that are unlawful during the election period. Um, but the other thing I, I think it's important to highlight is um, my hope would be uh, that that means employers don't engage in those kinds of hostile, <laughs> unlawful practices. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, the, the reality is that decision, does, it, 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 it <laughs> should incentivize if they're smart. And I'm not saying that they are because uh, they're not. But, <laughs> um, it, you know, it should incentivize them to allow their workers to make that decision free uh, from their interference, which is what the law is supposed to require. Uh, it's not up to the employer whether or not their workers unionize. It's up to the workers. That's that's what the law says. It's what it's always said. Um, and and my hope would be that this decision gets us t- towards that. <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah, but totally. It's yet to be seen. <laughs> yeah, yet to be seen. Uh, I'm also hopeful towards that. Uh, I also you know share some of the skepticism in terms of you know what the the action on the part of uh, those those. Uh, employers will be but uh yeah i'm hopeful that 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 uh compliance uh, occurs yeah. <laughs> um and and again this is like one of those sorts of things oh let me really pause for station id you listen mm-hmm. to hiv lp new orleans one and two point three this is good morning comrade jeff and robert uh and our guest david uh, Gomez, a labor lawyer, talking about the Semex decision uh, that recently came out just this week from the National Labor Relations Board, um, and 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 again, we, we we talked a little bit about the sort of industry of un- the union busting industry, essentially union avoidance, they call themselves. And you mentioned a couple of the headlines. I did a little Google search. I just googled Semex, and I see um, Little Mendelson, Little Little Mendelson, just like one of the first things that come up. And it's just like freaking out because it's like, this is not exactly card check, but it's awfully close. And like some of these other sorts of things, which is an existential like threat to this entire (laughs) industry, right? They're going to defend themselves. Right. Well, and, and what I want to point out is it's only card check if they're breaking the law, Mm. you know, like true. That's, that's what the point that I was making with the, if employers behave fair and how they should, then they can have their election and the workers will decide free from the unlawful practices. So, you know, that, that kind of, you know, freak out from the employer side, it's a little bit, it's telling, you know, it's telling that they will continue to break the law because that's because they're not the employers. They're not the employers. They're the, well, even the employers, I mean, they're not going to stop breaking the law until it costs them more to break the law (laughs) than it costs them to follow the law right now. It's just, it's, it's a really good business expense to just, uh, uh, do what you mm-hmm. want to do and then beg for forgiveness later. Like it, it's just smart. It's smart capitalism and it's, and it's terrible. Right. So, yeah. So that gets to kind of Jeff's point, right? With the, um, it's an existential threat for the, for the industry, because if it becomes mm-hmm. more financially logical to not pay them and 
let then they then you're right yeah that's an existential threat to that <laughs> to that industry <laughs> and they're going to find a way to like i guess i don't know like I'm, I'm sort of like thinking about like what is the next sort of like steps for maybe i'm just sort of like overthinking it but like how are they going to do like how are they going to do union busting without getting a ulp because the ulp actually matters now which yeah. it didn't before I mean, right <laughs> And and I think well the first thing I would say and this might be because I am a lawyer so I am broken in the brain but uh, I am uh, you know there's the real risk that they appeal the decision um, you know it, it's a Ninth Circuit uh, uh, well the, the facts you know Southern California Las Vegas these are in the Ninth Circuit so if they appeal it would be to the Ninth Circuit um, but they could also appeal to the DC Circuit. Um, because it's board activity, um, and who knows, it, it could make its way. Those are those are both, you know, not the worst circuits. They they could come out with a pro labor opinion, uh, you know. Well, I the, would ninth, say the ninth it's circuit more, is like the the one that's like, oh, that's the liberal circuit or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> Although it's been inundated with Trump appointees, and oh. at this point, you know, I would say it's its reputation is a little bit too. Yeah, it, yeah. it's not really that you know um great <laughs> right now but um yeah but in any case they could they could appeal it and it could get upheld in either of those circuits i, I think it's a sound you know they didn't go all the way to joyce silk mm-hmm. um and i think that the the differences between this case and joyce silk make it far more defensible uh in court at the same time if it goes from the ninth circuit it could go to supreme court and at that point you know Anything could happen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they don't care whether or not it's defensible. <laughs> They're going to do what they want to do. I guess, like, like, like thinking about this a little bit, since we're kind of already going down that road, if it does go to the Supreme Court, at least at, at the, well, I, 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 maybe I have a little bit of hope about these kinds of things, but not that much. But, like, Roberts, the Supreme, the, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, has proven to be, like, scared, like, a little bit sort of like, doesn't want to like enrage public opinion. He's trying to like keep it sort of smart. And with and I think that like some of these popular so positions like eighty eight percent youth, you know, favorability for unions and things like that might prevent somebody like him, who like is a don't 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 get it twisted. He's like a anti labor elite like right wing you know chief justice, no question. But he has proven in the past, or at least shown in the past of like wanting to at least appear as though he's sort of like deliberative about these sort of things and so that might be something that can and you know obviously this could be blown away in a second but like at least you know there are there are political consequences that could be sort of like considered in this in this big question here right yeah, absolutely, and and you know all these things they'll they'll take time to trickle up. Um, who knows what might happen in that time? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of old people on the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah, yes, they are. Um, but you know, um, and I will say, you know, John Roberts would present sadly only a fourth vote mm-hmm. because yeah, it's six three right now. But um, but you know, who knows? They might not take it up. Um, yeah, that's just one of the risks. Um, and I'm sure that if it were up to the union avoidance industry, if it were up to employers, they would 
take it up uh, and and overrule it, um, which which would be totally absurd, illogical. Um, but we've seen the Supreme Court uh, do totally absurd, illogical things many times. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff, you're muted. <laughs> I said they never cared about that in the past. Why would they start now? Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. But yeah. I think it's important also to sort of zoom in on the fact that uh, Abruzzo uh, and the current National Labor Relations Board are uh, appointees of the president. And, like, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of, like, talking and hand-wringing and, like, like especially amongst the, like, you know, the American left about, like, you know, Democrats provide nothing. And and to a large extent, Mm -hmm. I agree with a lot of that kind of stuff. But also in many situations, like, this is some of the upsides of that. I guess you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, like like yourself, um, you know, I'm often skeptical of of how far uh, Democrats or anyone will will go for workers. But um, I do think, um, as far as this this administration, I've seen um, far more than any other administration in my lifetime. Um, I've been following labor issues since I was very young. My mom's a teacher activist. I grew up with a lot of skepticism of the Democrats because of that. <laughs> um, you Real. know, yeah. The, the I mean, only person that, the only person that, well, I'm not going to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to crack um, on Randy Weingarten for a second, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, my mom, proud AFT member, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> I, I was an AFT member for oh, years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Um, but um, you know, I, I would just say with the the labor stuff, not Jennifer Abruzzo, um, but also the the board that made this decision, including um, you know, David Prouty uh, and, and Gwen Wilcox, who come directly from labor unions. You know, that's where they worked um, before they were appointed to the board. Um, and you look at other other parts like Lena Khan and Julie Sue in the Department of Labor. Um, those are those are definitely the high points. <laughs> the labor issues are the high points of this administration. Um, you know, you could look at other issues and maybe not, but um, I, I would say it's it's this decision in particular is emblematic of that because it's not just going back to the Obama years. The Obama years were yeah, not that terrible. great yeah. uh, on labor issues. Um, let's be real; <laughs> they yeah. were. I, I was gonna say, like, like we've seen bad from we've we see bad from yeah. Republicans all the time, but we've definitely seen worse from Democrats on this issue as well. Right. I mean, you go you go to Obama, you go to Bill Clinton, with they were just anti labor in in many ways, um, but uh, but this board in particular and this general counsel, um, they've gone far beyond that. I mean, this is something that we haven't seen since the seventies in terms of how pro labor. Uh, of a decision it is um it's yeah it, it's a it's a seismic shift really um and we'll we'll wait to see its impact but at least on on paper <laughs> it, it looks really good not really man i mean every time y'all yeah. you get Robert, to i know this anything? is like your wheelhouse so it's like i get an education on labor like every time because i just things are we talked about this a couple weeks ago especially with the um the hollywood strike is uh, like things are looking up and like this is one of the few. Mm. This is one of the few sectors where I feel like, as as leftists, we are getting constant W's down the pike, like constant wins. 
And it's like, man, I'm sitting here waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting for things mm. to get really bad like they always do. But we just keep rolling with, with labor, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's I guess, a slow yeah. but steady march, hopefully. <laughs> well, then steady, I mean, maybe it could be a little quicker, but definitely keep it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Double pace, potentially, but, you know, keep it. Yeah. Ready. Yeah, I don't know. And I can't always, like, I kind of get, like, super freaked out, mm-hmm. like, especially around these, like, election times, because you never know. Like, mm-hmm. in 2016, I mean, like, obviously, everybody railed on Hillary Clinton the entire time, of course, because, of course. But, like, <laughs> when when that, when, like, she lost, it was just like, what in what is going to happen now? How bad is it going to get? And like I don't know, I'm sort of like looking at, uh, you know, like oh he's Trump a demon, again, yeah. Or like Vivek Ramachwami, who's like literally just like saying you have to. Yeah, I, I saw in the what was it? It was Tim Scott, I think, in the the Republican debate last week, who literally just said that like we have to like take out teachers' union to destroy them, essentially. Like like these yeah. people are like literally licking their chops to destroy workers. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the other side is. Oh no! Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, going after it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to add to that, but uh, I don't know. In terms of like what you see going forward, like what is the sort of you know next steps from this? Like, like what are what are we seeing here? I mean, like what do you think? I mean, my hope would be um, that workers see this, um, they recognize that, you know, um, they have rights and that if the employer violates the rights, the government is there to enforce them. That would be my hope, um, to, to see some bargaining orders. Um, I think it's going to take some major bargaining orders to get employers in line. I I don't think they're going to immediately respect, um, or acknowledge, um, what this decision stands for uh, until we start to see orders coming through um, forcing them to do so. So I have a question on terms of, you mentioned bargaining orders uh, several times. What is the sort of consequence if the employer refuses to comply with the bargain order? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that would be another unfair labor practice. Okay. Um, but um you know, I think it's another area where there can be delay. Um, we've seen, we've seen um, employers not comply with bargaining orders, um, and I guess the reality is, it is another area where there can be delay um, that can drain the blood out of a campaign as well. Yeah. Um, you know, just the time uh, that it takes. Um, but I guess eventually, I think, you know, the, the NLRB could then get um, an order from a court enforcing their bargaining order. Um, obviously, that would come eventually with contempt, <laughs> uh, you know, depending on how far the employers are going to take it. Um, Can we see employees being thrown into jail over this, please? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. I mean, if they take it down, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing, we're seeing some uh, definite jail potential for, you know, 
people who didn't have that before. So yeah. I mean, it's kind of that's promising. But yeah. no, um, seriously, this is this I guess why we're about all the time. Like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not. I'm all about uh, you know. Um, it's like abolition of police until like it's a Karen getting arrested at the airport, and I'm just like put her under the jail. But yeah, for sure, dude. <laughs> I I would say um, this is why you know this decision is great. It's groundbreaking. It's uh -huh. it's it's different um, than things have been in the past. But there is way more we could be doing. Uh, way more we should expect from uh, our legislators uh, in particular. Um, you know, like with the PRO Act, for example, one of the provisions in the PRO Act is um, there's a timeline on bargaining. Uh, if you don't get your act together as an employer and sit down with your workers to bargain after they've won their union, either through a bargaining order or through an election or through voluntary recognition, um, then you go to arbitration and the judge at arbitration decides what's fair as a contract. Um, and that, you know, that can cut either way, but uh, I think generally it would cut against employers who have an upper hand when it comes to delaying um, outcomes like that. So that's one of the things that is in the PRO Act um, that is, you know, it, it would go further than what the current landscape uh, is. Yeah. Um, yeah, the PRO so. Act, I mean, like, again, politically speaking, like, that's one of those sorts of things that we haven't heard very much from in a while. But right. it can it's something that can come back. And it's another reason, I guess, that, I mean, and that, that, I mean, elections and these sort of, you know, political, you know, situations that, I mean, I hate them. But I mean, <laughs> you know, it's one of these yeah. sorts of things where they matter and you have to deal with it, you know. Right, right. No, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's, you know, I think that the Pro Act has a lot, lot more um, juice than this decision, as great as it is. Um, you know, um, I think last time we got like 50 or something, 49 Democrats or something to support it. Mm -hmm. It was very close. Um, obviously, at the same time, there was people like Cinema or others who... Um, did not want to support it. So now, you know, again, <laughs> similar to our union campaigns, delay is an enemy, and they were able to just delay a vote on that. Oh my God, forever. Until, oh, we lost the House. Who, we can't do anything can't now. Do you anything know? ever. Yeah, we just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. Yeah, and Whoops. then just like blame. Yeah. And, 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 and it's always like... Which we'll goes to leadership too, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. Yeah. Leadership likes to say it's no, it's not because we didn't do anything. It's because like people were mad about like some kid getting yeah. murdered in, you know, Minnesota or something and the people mm. got upset about it and marched in the streets. That's the problem, not the fact that we right. just stand here in Washington with our hands in our pockets and we don't fight for anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know. Not to get yeah. too like uh <laughs> I don't know. Not to get too like weird about it, but you know. But yeah, I think yeah. Generally speaking, um, what I'd like to see is is workers uh, file for elections, file ULPs, get bargaining orders, hold their employers accountable, and bargain for better working conditions collectively. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully, this will go a little ways towards that. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, cool. No, man. Again, um, just love to hear about a Robert, win what you every got, now man? and then instead of us just complaining about how terrible the world is. I like to see some some progress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
There's some other wins this week. Uh, we could also yeah, get into bring it. up, which is the uh, well, one of the other things the board did this week is they went back um, to the Obama era election rules, which basically means uh, the election processes will go faster. Like we've been saying this whole time, delay and time works against the workers and it's in favor of employers. So, um, so those election changes are are pretty cool. It's crazy that it took them two years to go back to something that we had under Obama. Disrespect um, it. No disrespect to the board. Let the TV spill them. But Let's go. Um, <laughs> 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 but. But yeah, yeah they, you know, they got around to it. <laughs> yeah, they 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 did go back to those rules that you know the, the Trump rules were awful, uh-huh. just allowed massive delays. Yeah, awful. But um, that's one thing. The other thing I think is pretty big is the Department of Labor's uh, overtime rule change. Uh, I don't know if you saw that one, but um, well, so the way overtime works is um, you know the way salary labor works is uh, if you're a salaried worker you don't get overtime right yeah. you, you get your salary yeah you work uh, but you work 80 a, hours but you're getting paid right. 40 right um but there is a rule um <clears throat> you know stemming back to the fair labor standards act way back um that basically salary work wasn't intended to encompass everyone um it's just been kind of employers using it as a way to get around 40 hour work week. Um, and one of the ways that the department of labor, um, analyzes whether or not someone should be salaried is how much they make. Um, so if you make right now 35,000 or less, Mm -hmm. then you can be salaried or then you, then you can't be salaried. You have to be paid. You know, overtime, if you work more than 40 hours. Well, I mean, yeah, you can get paid salary rate equivalent, but if you work 45 hours, you get overtime, Even you know, even if you're salaried. Um, they raised that threshold to 55000 Great, um, that's excellent. Today, which is really good. Um, so that what that means is, you know, in, in a lot of this country, um, if you're making $40,000, and you're salaried, and you're being worked 80 hours, okay. Heck yeah. that's unlawful now. <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah. So, uh, so at this point, you know, you're, you let's say, yeah, I think it's around 55000 a little more than that. Um, so, if you, yeah, if you make 50000 2000 um, at this point, log your hours, keep track of them, keep a journal, um, calendar, um, and it might come in handy someday. <laughs> nice. That's, that's, that's yeah. a good tip. Um, yeah. Anything else coming out of, of, about the board? I mean, that's that's a really huge development right there, it seems like. Yeah, the overtime thing I think is really big because we, we, you know, we see that all, all the time. Um, you know, in California, it's a little higher right now. Um, but I know for, for a lot of this country where there is no um, minimum wage above the federal um, that's going to be a huge um, change mm-hmm. so yeah cool and just sort of like generally speaking is there like like 
Um, what else is going on? Just sort of like in the labor law world. Anything? Anything else? Sort of we should know about. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot, but no. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, 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 what we get, whatever we can fit in the last five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's, you know, one of the things that's that's um, happening right now is uh, one of the board members that that helped write the CMEX decision, uh, Gwen Wilcox. Her term is expiring, if not this week, next week. It's pretty soon. Um, and so what that means is there's going to be only two members. Uh, that are Democrats on the board, and 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 one mem- member who's a Republican. Uh, even though it's a majority, though, they can't change the law once they lose that seat. Um, so she's going to have to go through the Senate process, confirmation process again. Um, and Gwen Wilcox is one of the people who put her name on this decision. That's very good for workers. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a tough fight for her. Um, I would keep an eye on that. Um, I would imagine a lot of our uh, traitorous Democrat <laughs> allies are going to pile on her for doing something as basic as, you know, allowing workers to unionize without retaliation. <laughs> well, that's I would a good, keep an eye on that. That's a good blazing yeah. lure to go out on, though, if you're, you know. Like... Yeah. Well, and that was one of the things that um, I think, you know, there was a lot of uh, discussion about whether or not... What, the board should release their opinions um, prior to because uh, because they're scared about this confirmation fight. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm, I'm I'm all in favor of them. Change the law when you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. If you don't do it, if you don't do <laughs> um, it, then it'll never happen. Yeah, and there's going to be a confirmation yet. fight no matter what. Again, right? There will be another one and another one. So you know, I'm glad that they at least did this. Um, I think. It's possible we start to see a lot more opinions come out this week um, before her term's up. Um, so, yeah, I would keep a, yeah. an eye out for, for more this yeah. week. Especially, I mean, like, 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 yeah, if you, like, never, like, I don't know, if you never get the win and you just always, like, put yourself, yeah. like, in the position to, like, well, if we played our cards right, we can get, I mean, I, I keep, like it's, a, it's almost like a joke right now. Like, oh, if the Democrats got like a hundred senators or something like that, they would be like, "Well, we just got to hold this majority, and then all the right, good stuff right. come." Right? <laughs> like, it's just like all I mean, that's what they did. Yeah, that yeah. that was their logic in in the Obama years. Yeah. Like, you know, and it obviously they just did little. They did yeah. nothing almost. <laughs> they got they got they got no. Obamacare, which was like. Um, you know, basically, I mean, it expanded Medicaid, yeah. which was like the one good thing it did. But then it just right. sort of like essentially mandated private health care, which is just right. a huge giveaway to to private companies. And then Ted Kennedy died and then nothing ever happened again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think hopefully there are more opinions this week um, yeah. that will be wins and, and you can enjoy some wins. <laughs> yeah, well, let's. Well, well, if there are more wins that pop up, uh, we're gonna have you back on to talk about them. How about that? Yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, uh, all, right. all right. Well, thanks. Well, thanks a lot, David. Uh, where can people Thank find uh, more about uh, what you're doing or anything you're doing? Any... Uh, you can find very bad tweets at USPS Veteran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but mostly, I'll be posting very basic pictures of things I bake 
because I like baking. What are you baking lately? <laughs> what, are you, what are you baking? Uh, I made a, a galette yesterday. Really? Uh, with some lemon curd and blueberries. It was really good. It was really good. Okay. What? Yeah. How long have you been doing yeah. baking for? Uh, honestly, like not that long, like three years, like just before the pandemic though, it was before I guarantee, (laughs) like I have, I have Amazon order proof that I ordered all these baking things before, (laughs) before January, 2020. That just means you saw the (laughs) pandemic coming is all. Yeah. Yeah. I think someone, like I had a dream or something and I was like, I need to. No, actually more like Noah. It was like. Yeah, there's going to be a thing. So you you need to learn how to do a thing. So you can take care of yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, hobby in the house. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate you coming right. on talking no, to us. It's great to see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Bye. And uh, all right, cool. We'll talk to you later. See ya. We love you. Bye bye. Thanks once again to David Gomez for joining us on the show. Uh, for talking about the CEMEX decision and the sort of uh, way that's affected the National Labor Relations Board and how workers and unions can organize. Uh, and it's actually been some really good news. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, you can get more information about Good Morning Comrade by going to goodmorningcomrade.com. You can also get more information about what we're up to uh, by following me on Twitter, at Prof. You can also follow Robert on Twitter, at Comrade Morning. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We love you. Bye-bye. You are listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3, your only station for uh, social justice and uh, human rights and all wars.